You are listening to the official podcast of Refuge, where we believe all people matter to God. Yeah. Uh, most of us welcome something new unless you don't like change. And some people are so stuck in a rut and they need a change. And yet, a new year is an opportunity where we can welcome change in our life. And some change is for good and some change is not for good. But we're looking for change that will bring a new hope, will bring inspiration, will bring resolve and purpose in our lives. Uh, how many of you got something new for Christmas? Got something new? Uh, if, uh, did you ever get a gift that was old? Maybe it was an antique. Some of you like antiques. But if you got a, a, a refurbished gift or something that somebody had, you know, that they used, you know, you open it up, oh, this has been used. Uh, now, this even smells, you know, if it was a clothing item. Uh, but we like getting something new, okay? Uh, how about this morning we consider a fresh and new outlook on life? A fresh and new outlook on your marriage, if you're married. A fresh and new outlook on your career. Or how about your calling and the purpose that God has for you? I believe God wants us to give us a fresh outlook this morning. In fact, uh, uh, the scripture tells us in Lamentations chapter 3, uh, verse, I think it's 23, 22 and 23, it says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. See, God is so faithful that he makes every day new. It has something that he wants to do to bring inspiration, to bring hope, to bring uh, strength into our lives. The, the key verse for this message in, in this message is entitled, Something New. Something New. It's out with the old, in with the new. Isaiah 42, verse 9, and this is our key verse for this morning. The scripture in Isaiah is, is declaring uh, the word of the Lord. Behold, the former things have come to pass. And new things I now declare before they spring forth. Even before the things that God was going to bring forth, God's making declaration. And we understand that before we see God's purpose come to pass in our life, his will carried out in our lives, there's a declaration. And this morning we want to declare some things over your life. We want to declare some things over this church. We want to declare some things over our city, our nation concerning what God is about to do. Let's join our faith together as we pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We place our trust in you and we look to you and your word. We ask that you give us inspiration, you give us revelation knowledge as we begin this new year. Father, this is a fresh start for many of us. It's a new beginning. Father, thank you that we can release the past. The past is behind us, and we can look to the future of what you have in store. In Jesus' name, we give you praise. Amen. You know, some of you may have had a very difficult and challenging 2016. And, and having a difficult year, sometimes we can enter the new year with, with uh, despair and sometimes just fear and uh, just... Uh, 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 an anticipation, a wonder, what's going to happen this year? But I want to assure you that God is wanting to give you a renewed hope for 2017. 
And I believe that God has great things in store for his people. And if you agree with that, you can just say amen, okay? Um, So it's interesting because you don't have to be clueless to what's coming. Uh, Because the Holy Spirit gives us insight into what's coming. In John 14, verse 13, uh, the scripture reads, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. He will declare to you the things that are to come. So God will declare to us, he'll make known the things that are coming. We don't have to be clueless. We don't have to be in a dark. God gives us discernment so that we can be prepared, so we can be ready for what God is doing. And, and we, we understand that there's a quest within the heart of man to experience something new. There really is. And we see in the book of Acts that the apostle Paul came uh, across the community where that's all they did. They, they looked for what was new. And in fact, in Acts 17, 21, we see a passage concerning the Athenians. It says, now all the Athenians and the foreigners who lived there would spend their time in nothing except telling and hearing something new. Say so they were all about what's new, what's the latest, what's the latest fact, you know, and, and all these things. There's that quest in us for something new. We see also in Isaiah 43, verse 19, and I underscore the, the word something new in, in, in these passages. Uh, this is the voice translation, and it reads this way. It says, watch closely. I'm preparing something new. This is God speaking. Watch closely. Be aware. Be in tune. Okay, it goes on to say, it's happening now, even as I speak, and you're about to see it. I'm preparing a way through the desert. Waters will flow where there had been none. Amen. You know, when, when we think about this, that God will make a way where there seems to be no way. He can uh, create a river to flow in the desert that's parched, that's dry, that, that has no life. He can bring life to something that's lifeless. And maybe a walk with God has been somewhat dull, lifeless. Well, God wants to bring a river into your life to cause it to be revived. And I believe that as we see this passage, and, and you know, I look at this, and I want to share this also in, in the God's Word translation because it says something just a, a little bit different, slightly different. Isaiah 43, 19, it says, I'm going to do something new. It's already happening. See, so we got to just get on board, right? It's already happening. And it goes on to say, don't you recognize it? I will clear away in the desert. I will make rivers on dry land. See, we we have to recognize what God is doing in this hour. And sometimes we can be so caught up in the things of the world with, with just the pressures of life that we can miss out on what's happening right now. See, I believe that God's moving in this earth, but there are many people that not, are not involved in the move of God. It's happening. They need to just step into it. They need to be made aware. They need to recognize it. They need to engage themselves into what God is doing. See, I want to be involved with what God is doing in the earth. So I want to find, what are you doing, God? I want to be part of that. I want to fulfill the role that he has for me because God created me with an intention, with a purpose and a plan. 
And I can ignore that. I can live out my life any way I want. But I don't want to live my life any way I want. I want to live according to the purpose that he designed for me. And, and, you, and I believe that should be the heartbeat of every believer, every true follower of Christ. And now a new year brings us another opportunity for a fresh start and a new beginning. It also gives us opportunity to continue in the course that God's determined for us. So my word to you this morning is continue to be faithful to the call of God in your life. Be faithful to come to church. I mean, if, if, if you can at least do that much. Because in a, uh, being part of a church, you're hearing the word, you're being built up, you're being equipped so you can fulfill the calling on your life. A church is a place to be equipped, to be sent out, to be built up. Amen? Amen. And see, God's not looking for a list of New Year's resolutions. And I don't know if, if you make a list. Some people have a mental list, but that sometimes can not be too good, at least for me. My mental lists sometimes don't work. Just ask Pastor Deb. Ask my wife. <laughs> Mental list don't work for me. I have to write it down. I have to make a note of it. And, and so, uh, but God's not looking for New Year's resolutions that we're sure to break. He desires a heart that is determined to follow him and to please him. And, and part of what I'm going to talk about today is, is, is this important element of pleasing God. See, we're to enter this year with hope with a great expectation of God's plan, that his will would be carried out in our lives. So I, I want to spend a couple of minutes talking about goal setting versus resolutions. Um, making New Year's resolutions just happens to be a tradition that has been practiced and followed for, who knows, centuries, probably for all of time, who knows. Uh, but uh, it's worldwide anyway. And, and you know, because we all hope for a better year than last year, right? I mean, if you want a better year this year than last year, I certainly do. Now, resolution is defined as a firm decision to do or not to do something, okay? It's a resolve. In fact, um, um, but that's really that definition is good, but we haven't lived up to the definition of, of what a resolution is. For many, New Year's resolutions are nothing more than broken promises. In fact, I can remember a time that we were going to start the New Year. We, we got a membership at the YMCA. And I tell you, January, we show up and you couldn't even find space. You had to wait in line. That place was packed out. Because I, I realized that other people were making a New Year's resolution. They're going to they're gonna work out. They're going to exercise. They're gonna, they sign up for the YMCA. They have this membership, and they're going to utilize it. But you know something? Throughout that month, and we were pretty consistent that first month. And I think we even made it into February. <laughs> but, you know, by the end of the month, I'm thinking, the place is empty. You know? Where is everyone? Well... Their intentions were good, but there was no follow-through. And, and that's how so often resolutions are. It, it, resolutions may be with good intentions, but often no real plan for follow-through. So, and goal-setting is, is different because it goes deeper. It goes further because it requires, if you're going to set a goal, it requires a disciplined practice that gives us measurable steps that should relate to God's purpose, hopefully, for our life, 
and his vision for our lives. So to achieve our goals, uh, it boils down to the choices we make every day. And, and so how will your, your daily choices be different this year than they were last year? Because you can make a resolution, but my challenge is to set a goal. But with that goal, there needs to be different choices in, in your daily routine. Because that will determine whether or not you fulfill and reach those goals. Uh, you, we, consider some of these statistics on New Year's resolutions. I'm going to share the top five. Lose weight. Get organized. Spend less, save more. That's one. Enjoy life to the fullest. Get fit and healthy. Okay? Now, according to research on the topic, about 60% of us admit that we make New Year's resolutions. Now, 40%, they may make them, but not admit it, okay? Uh, But only, out of that 60%, only 8% are successful in achieving them. So that's a pretty small percentage when you think about the overall amount of people that make resolutions. Now, the problem with resolutions... Resolutions are usually made without calculating the cost and the effort required. They are usually last minute and not really thought through. Okay, There's usually no plan or course of action in mind when people make resolutions. It's just, well, uh, yeah, it's a good thing to lose weight. We should all do that, you know, uh, if you have one of these pulpit bumpers like I do. But that's, that's the reason for the, for the fresh start fast, okay? Now... Those who set intentional goals are more likely to achieve those goals than those who just make resolutions. Uh, So take time to consider the focus of the year ahead and, and set intentional goals that support where you want to be next year at this time. Because I don't know, I don't want to be at the same place, the same level next year at this time. I want to see growth. I want to see something different where I can look back and see growth in my life. Uh, so, uh, and one of the things about setting goals that's important is that we need to surround ourselves with people that will encourage you with your goals. So that means you may not be able to hang with the same crowd you've been hanging with because if they're going nowhere, you don't want to hang with them. You need to hang with people that are going forward in their life, that are fulfilling the purpose of God for their life, and so, because who you associate with determines what you will be and, and where you will end up. Association, the Bible says, a wise company or bad company corrupts good morals. Okay? Well, the flip side, wise company produces uh, uh, a good outcome. Okay? So, uh, what about goal setters? People with written goals are 50% more likely to achieve their goals. And, and again, it's, it's having somebody make you accountable, doing something together where you can support and encourage each other. I want to talk about a little bit about the year 2017, the very number. What's interesting, there is a strong word for 2017, the number associated with a Greek word. And the Greek word is scale, okay, and I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that right, so don't quote me on that, but it literally means to shine forth. So that's a great uh, theme for a new year, 
that we see is a, a number associated with the Hebrew or with a Greek word that's in the New Testament. In fact, this Greek word is only used one time. It has one occurrence in the Bible and it's found in Ephesians chapter 5.14. In Ephesians 5.14, it reads this way. It says, for anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, awake, O sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. That's where that that Greek word is used, 2017. In that verse, Christ will shine on you. We need to wake up. We need to wake up to what God's called us to. We need to wake up to the reality of the truth of his word so that we can walk in the light. This is also the year 5777. On the Hebrew calendar. That's interesting. Five is the number of grace. Uh, Therefore, in biblical numbers, it means divine completion of the period of grace. Seven is God's perfect number. And the number repeated three times in the scripture means completion. Now, I, I know there's, there's a lot of people that you know, get into numbers and there's meanings and all that associated. I, I believe there's, there's an element of truth and something we need to consider in that. But so we see that this year, I believe, is going to be a year of grace and where God's going to begin to complete things in our life, bring things to completion, things that have been left unfinished, things that where we've been pressing in, believing God for. We're going to see the completion of some great things in, in the earth today in the kingdom of God. So uh, I'm excited about that. Now, uh, something new for 2017. Uh, let me, if you're taking notes, you need to write this down. If you want something new, you have to get rid of something old. If you want something new, you need to get rid of something old if you really want to change. You know, I can think of so many scenarios of, of old things I hang on to. And, you know, if, and if I just, if I don't get rid of that, how can I get something new? Because some, sometimes you have to replace things like washer and dryers. We just did that. Oh, what a challenge. But, yeah. And I might say, no, that's a, what's the big deal? Well, if we, if we would have kept the old ones, we would have been washing clothes by hand. Okay, just let's put it that way, because they broke. And the, the dryer finally quit, too, and, and the element burnt out, and it wasn't, the bill wasn't spinning. And uh, so it was time to get something new. Um, and so, but I, I have three points I want to share uh, for you as we, as we uh, and, and feel free to write these down if you're taking notes, something new for 2017. The first one is a new outlook of who we are in Christ. As I was praying and asking the Lord, Lord, what, what is something new that, that we need to consider for 2017? A new outlook of who we are in Christ. So it's really boiling down to finding our true identity. Amen. Finding our true identity. Now let me make this statement. A person's true identity can only be found in God's word. Amen. We can find our true identity by searching the scriptures because the scriptures reveal who we are in Christ. And, and, and we understand that the true value of who you are and who you can be is only found in the word of God. Because there's a spirit of confusion in the world today over gender identity. People don't know whether they're male or female or, or what. But I believe the answer is found in the word of God where we can find our true identity. Amen. Now, 2 Corinthians 5.17, a scripture that correlates with this first point. Therefore, if 
anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So with the passing of the old, there's the coming of the new. And this is in reference to who we were before we made a commitment of our life to Jesus Christ. We were, our old man was dead in sins and trespasses. We were lost. We were hell bound. But yet, In Christ, we are made a brand new creation, something that did not exist before. God did a work in us, transforming us from the inside out. And so when we we think about this, a new creation, what does that mean to be a new creature? As a new creation, that means we don't live the same way we used to live and the same mindset, the same actions and same perspective. See, it's about celebrating our new life in Christ and not to return to the bondage that we were delivered from. Amen. Now, in our new identity, we can approach God and we access his presence. We have access to his presence. And we're seeking the presence and power of God. And something this year I want to challenge you with, we want to seek God's presence like never before. We want to seek his power to see his demonstration of power, signs, miracles, and wonders. Because God has commissioned you and I to lay hands on the sick and they will recover. There are still sick people out there. There are still people in need of healing, need of deliverance, need of of a demonstration of the power of God in their lives. And, and see, we're, we're setting out to discover God's goodness this year and walk in the goodness of God, even in the midst of the hardships of life, because there's hardships of life, we're going to face them. But yet in the midst of the, heart, uh, the hardships, there's the goodness of God. There's the goodness of God in the midst of all that. The second point, as we look at something new in 2017, A new outlook in the challenges you face. A new outlook in the challenges you face. Because you're going to face challenges. I I, I don't want to, you know, put a downer on you, but you're going to have some challenges this year. But you need to have a new outlook when you face those challenges. Now, something I like to do, and I've done this for years, I'll go through the Bible, and the year I'll look at, uh, like this year, 2017, all the 2017 passages of the Bible. And I came across one we see in, in Second Chronicles 2017, okay? And, and I really believe this is casting a vision for us when we face challenges this year. You can take this home with you. You can put this in your heart. Renew your mind to this passage we see in Second Chronicles 2017. You will not need to fight in this battle. Are you facing a battle? Whoa. So stand firm. Now, there's some things you have to do, okay? Somebody else is going to fight for you, but it says stand firm, hold your position, and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. In other words, God's going to do it. Oh, Judah and Jerusalem, this is a reference to God's people everywhere. Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them and the Lord will be with you. Wow. So 2017, a new outlook on the challenges you face. Second Chronicles 2017. Praise God. And number three, I could spend more time with that. I, I, I could spend more time with that. But uh, number three, I want to 
give enough time to. A new outlook or perspective of what it means to please God. For 2017, something new, a new outlook or perspective of what it means to please God. For 2017, we want to make it our goal to please him. Make it your aim to please him in 2017. See, our culture, and I need to address this, our culture has accepted two big lies that end up making us man-pleasers or men-pleasers. The first is, if you disagree with someone's lifestyle, you must fear or hate them. You know, I mean, that's the, the culture today. If you disagree, I mean, you can't disagree. You just have to accept everybody as they are. Now, there's truth to that, but the second is, to love someone means you have to agree with everything they believe or do. Now, really, both of these are nonsense. You don't have to compromise convictions to be compassionate. Uh, you don't have to compromise your convictions to show the love of God and encourage others and reach out to people and love people. Okay? Now, it's important to understand. Let's look at, before I share that, Second Corinthians 5.9. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. Now, what's interesting, if you read the context of that passage, it's talking about being in heaven and being on earth. Home there is in reference to being in heaven. Uh, uh, and, um, right, let me see. With home, no, away. Home is here on earth. Away is in heaven, okay? I want to make sure we get that right. But wherever you are, dead or alive, we make it an aim to please him. And there's more in the context of that passage that we can see. But my challenge to you is make it your aim to please God. What are you doing today that's pleasing in the sight? How can we be God pleasers? Because we all fall into the trap of wanting to please men, wanting to please others, and we fail to please God. And so what we need to do is make a determination. I want to be found pleasing in his sight. We need to determine to be a God pleaser. It's too easy to fall into the trap of being a people pleaser. There's a fine line between being a God pleaser and a people pleaser, a man pleaser. And, and, and the Lord gave me a dream a number of years ago. And, and recently I'd shared it, but I'll share it briefly again. Uh, this was at the beginning when we had first started the church back in 1984. And, and the, the group of people we started with, and, and Dolores Duda, she's here today, and, and, and Chris, they were in that uh, first service. And I can remember uh, when we uh, began, you know, my heart, I just wanted to serve these people because they had gone through some things. And I just wanted to love on them and, and do whatever I could to be a servant to them. But I fell into a, a trap of being a people pleaser because somebody would come to me and there was a new church. So people say, Pastor, we should do this. I say, well, that's a great idea. Well, let's do that. And then somebody else would come on, Pastor, we should do this. I say, well, that's a good idea. Let's do that. And after a while, I'm thinking, okay, if I don't do this, I'm going to offend that person. If I don't do that, I'm going to offend that person. And so I was being bogged down in this people pleasing issue. And so the Lord reached me in a dream, and I, I discovered that if, if God can't reach you or get through to you in the daytime, he'll get to you in a dream or at night. And so in this dream, I'm standing on the, on the, on the stage, and it was a kind of auditorium with auditorium seating, and, and somebody would say, do this, and, and I would I'd do it. And some of it was just tricks and acrobatic things, and I'm thinking, this is goofy, what am I doing? 
And so as I'm looking at the audience, all of a sudden the numbers just kind of are diminished. And there's just a couple of people that I'm saying, God, what's, what's happening? Where are the people going? And in the dream, Jesus appeared by my side. And he put his hand on my shoulder. And he said, my son, you are pleasing people. And this great conviction came over my life. And it's like I was clueless before that what I was even doing wrong. I didn't really know that it was wrong to please people. I thought that was just my heart and wanting to serve. And then Jesus said something to me that I'll never forget. He said, my son, if you purpose to please me, you will please the people that want to please me. Because not everyone wants to please me. And I woke up from that dream, and I I can remember literally jumping out of my bed, getting on my knees and crying out, God, forgive me for being a people pleaser. And I made a commitment that night that I'd be a God pleaser. Because I know that if I purpose in my heart, if I'm determined in my heart to please God, then I'll please the people that want to please him. And so uh, that's that's a real key issue, a core issue in my walk with God. Um, See, we can please him with our bodies. How? We present our bodies as living sacrifices. We see in Romans 12, 1. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, this is the NIV version, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So it's taking these bodies, these physical bodies, saying, Lord, I present this body to you as a living sacrifice, as an offering to you. I want this body to be used for you. That's pleasing to God when you offer your body in his service. See, when you join the military, guess what? You become military property. You become property of the government. You don't even really own yourself anymore. I mean, you have rights and everything, but you become government property. And we need to see that in the kingdom of God. We be, this, this body is no longer mine to do with what I want to do with it. It belongs to God. Okay? And so I need to consider that. And so... Um, now, one of the things, and I, I need to take a moment and share this. Uh, this year, I want to encourage you as believers not to quench or grieve the Holy Spirit. Because, you know, so oftentimes we do in so many ways. And, and, and we need to be willing to address areas in our life uh, that we are found to be guilty of quenching or grieving the Holy Spirit. And what quench means is to limit his power in our life, or to diminish his power in our life. Grieve him is to fail to walk in, in purity and holiness. It's about character issues. So you can't uh, choose one or the other. We, we, we don't want to uh, grieve the Holy Spirit. We don't want to quench the Holy Spirit. I want to see the purity and power of God in our services like never before. I want to see people walk in purity and holiness. See, grace does not just lead... Uh, uh, or let me just rephrase that. Grace that does not lead to a holy life is not grace at all. It's a counterfeit. It's a counterfeit. These twisted views of grace that have entered the church. Now, we must live in response to what God is doing. Uh, being like Jesus, I believe, is a big deal, but it also includes being like Jesus to display his power in the earth. And, and what can we do with our minds to please God? In Romans twelve two, the very next verse goes on to say, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve 
what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. His pleasing will. I'm committed to please God, and I, uh, I believe that pleasing God takes you on a journey of consecration. It takes you on a journey of consecration. See, we're to please him with our thoughts, and our speech, and our actions, and our attitude. Colossians 1.10, and, and this verse is, is so, so important. It says, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him. Fully pleasing to him. Bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Now when we consider this, I, I, I don't know about you, I want to be fully pleasing to him. And the outcome of being fully pleasing to him is, is that we will bear fruit for him. We'll bear fruit for him in every good work. And we'll also increase in the knowledge of him, knowing more about him. See, I believe that God has a ways and means committee. He'll, he'll find a way to help you in whatever you're facing. And I believe he's looking for those that will just come and say, Lord, I want to be found pleasing in your sight. But that's a commitment you have to make. Now, this morning, and I just want to share just, uh, tomorrow we're going to start uh, what we call the fresh start, which is a, a fast where over the next 21 days, we're going to seek God through prayer and fasting. And this is the time really of consecration as we seek God's direction, his directives for this new year. And I believe God has some things that he wants to speak and reveal to us. So tomorrow we have brochures in the back that you can pick up and we encourage you to participate. We also have uh, links online with uh, resources that you can find recipes and different things. The Daniel fast is what we use with Fresh Start which is a restricted fast and certain food items, which really uh, are also restricting media and other things that normally occupy a good portion of our day. But it's setting time aside to pray. Uh, from 5 to 8 every morning, I'm going to pre- be in the chapel in the Stevens Point Christian Academy building. And anybody can come in for 5 minutes, 10 minutes, just pop in to pray. And, and there's going to be ongoing prayer throughout the fast of Monday through Saturday. Sundays we'll have prayer in the uh, green room uh, prior to service for those that want to participate. Tuesday nights, prayer, 6 o'clock. We are just setting times where we can come together as a church, as individuals, to seek God and pray. And so I'm encouraged with what God is doing in our lives, in our church, but I believe he has more. And I believe he's looking for a body of believers that will earnestly seek him and seek him out. I have another 2017 verse before I close here. And that's actually found in Luke chapter 20, verse 17. Luke 20, 17. It says, but he looked directly at them. Now this is Jesus speaking. What then is this that is written? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Now, what is this verse talking about? This verse is identifying Jesus, who is to be the cornerstone of our life, the cornerstone of our salvation. He's not only the foundation, he's the cornerstone. And this is my appeal to you this morning for those of you that may not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. See, you can have a religion that doesn't mean you have a relationship with him. 
Uh, for years I had a religion, but I didn't have a relationship with Jesus. But the, at the age of 17, I put my faith in Jesus and I received him as my Lord and my Savior. He came into my heart. He became the Lord of my life. And when he did that, something changed. I became a new creature in him. Old things passed away. And I began this journey with God in a real relationship with him. Not just a superficial kind of thing, but a relationship where he has made himself known to me. And my desire for you this morning, if you're here and you've never made a personal commitment to Jesus Christ, that today would be the day that you would bow your knee before him, that you would accept him as the Lord of your life, that you would receive his forgiveness of your sins. Because you cannot pay for the sins that you committed. Only Jesus could pay the price. Only he could give salvation. You can't save yourself. See, as human beings, we're dependent upon someone else to save us. And Jesus did that when he came into the earth and he died for our sins on the cross. And he rose from the dead to give us new life. Do you believe that Jesus came? Do you believe that Jesus lived? Do you believe that Jesus died? Do you believe that he rose from the dead to give you new life? If you do, then you can receive forgiveness of sins. With every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around. You say, Pastor, I don't know that my life is right with God, but I want to give God a chance and I want to put my faith in him. And it's not that we give God a chance. It's, it's knowing you need to give yourself a chance to believe in him and to receive what he has for you. His love is extended towards you, but his love must be received in order for you to be changed when you believe in him, when you accept him as your Lord and Savior. With every head bowed, eyes closed, nobody looking around, lift your hand and say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I know that my life is not right with God. I'm not certain of of my eternity, of where I'm going to end up. But I'm ready to believe in him today. I'm ready to put my faith in him today. If that's you, lift your hand. Okay? Are there others? Okay, thank you so much for being honest before God. Most importantly, before God and also before me. And as I see that hand lifted, we're going to pray a prayer together. For those that lifted their hands, all of us can pray this prayer together to receive Jesus. Repeat after me, if you would. Heavenly Father. I open my heart to you. And today I put my faith in Jesus Christ. I acknowledge that he came into this world. And he died on the cross for me. So that I could be forgiven of my sins. He rose from the dead. So I could have new life. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Make my life what you want it to be. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Now, if you pray that prayer sincerely, according to God's word, the Bible says you are translated from the kingdom of darkness, the domain of darkness, the jurisdiction of the the devil, and you've been translated into the kingdom of God's dear son. You have now received the very life of God, his forgiveness. In the first, one of the first verses we read in in the first point, if 
any man be in Christ, any woman be in Christ, you are a new creation. All things pass away. All things become new. Thanks for listening to The Refuge Podcast. For more information about who we are and to listen to more inspirational messages for free, visit us online at wearerefuge.net.